We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Oh, the the holiday Mm -hmm. season, because we've been in a very festive mood, Marshall and I, so far. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering now, with the, the results of the Cleveland game last week, does this ramp up your your willingness to just kind of focus on, on the holidays and everything else? Are you still kind of champing at the bit a little bit for some Bears football? Always, always want some football, Big Ann. I'm like you, man. I, I can't get enough, right? And uh, even the development of the young guys for the Chicago Bears, and obviously it's the Cardinals coming to town, and they don't have, uh, you know, an, a roster that, that scares you when they show up. But they do have a right tackle, young uh, sixth pick of the draft this year, Paris Johnson Jr. out of Ohio State that I'm interested in watching go against Montez Sweat. They got, you know, Will Hernandez in there at right guard. Offensive line played decently. Now their defense, uh, you know, they remind me of the Chicago Bears when they were going through their rebuild last year when you watched them on film. But with the Chicago Bears showing up Sunday, I'll be watching. I'll be watching all the football. I'll be watching all the bowl games like you, Big Ant. I'll be excited this week. Hold on, what, what, I, what I'm curious about, because you, you talked about, you know, you get towards the end of the season, you're either still in it or you're not. I'm curious what your attitude was as a player and now as somebody who's following the team from the outside, if that changes much, whether the team's been, once the team's been eliminated. Yeah, it's a really good question because people wonder about that, right? When you see teams get eliminated, I tell you what's not eliminated, Marshall, your job, your job is on the line every day in the NFL. And if you look through the bears roster, they don't have guys that say, I'm going to take this game off. And and most of the times when you have guys who can take the game off, because they're going to be here next year anyway. They're the kind of guys who don't. They don't take the game off. That's why they're in the position they're in, where they can take the game off, because they never do, right? And if you're asking me when I play, man, if I strap the helmet up, when I put my pads on, I want to go out there and get after somebody, no matter where we were in the season or as a football team, because I knew, as most guys know, Big Ant will tell you, your film is your resume, and you better worry about what it looks like every week, and don't think people don't notice if you're about to shut it down. With where Arizona is right now for Kyler Murray coming back from injury about a month ago, and you would imagine he feels like maybe there's a little something for him to prove to his organization. Of course, we've all been talking throughout the season here about Justin Fields and what what he may feel like he's still got to prove to the Bears and trying to see if he can solidify himself as a part of this team's future. But the, the clip that, that Tyler and Alex played, even just in your intro coming in here, where you know, I know you, you, when, it's, when it's required, we all try to walk that balance and be critical of Justin Fields, but then be critical of Luke Getze as well when it feels like those things aren't cohesive. I, I don't know, the blame pie can be a complex thing for this because it, 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 it feels like it can show up where neither guy at times is executing their job in the way that they should. How do you see that aspect of the Bears offensive coordinator and play caller and the Bears quarterback and where they're each at in their development? Yeah, it, they were they were supposed to develop together, and, and we've kind of hit us. We were stalling here a little bit, unless we're going against the Lions, right? <laughs> it just seems like they've never been quite be able to figure each other out. And, and you know, with Justin Fields, it's kind of like Big Ann. I was saying, and Marshall, I was saying, look, look, with Justin Fields, I know what I'm going to get, right? When he plays teams like the Lions, if we get 100 yards rushing, he's going to look good. And just can he win the game at the end of the game? Can he make the play? And when he plays a pressure defense, 
like the Cleveland Browns and Jim Schwartz bring, right? Where you talk about Bowles, right? Or you talk about Flores. Talk about guys with good secondaries. They can go one-on-one with DJ Moore, right? They, they, uh, Byron Murphy for the Vikings. When he's one-on-one with DJ Moore, he does a nice job. Where else is Justin Fields going to go with the ball? And I hear Bowen a lot on the uh, Bernstein and Holmes show talking about, I'm talking about Matt Bowen, who does a great job analyzing the Chicago Bears, actually analyzing the whole NFL. But he talks about they got to get Mooney going a little bit for this offense. But to your question, Big Ant, I, you know, who do we blame? Who Who, who is further along in development? I think both guys would say that they haven't got what they wanted out of this year. They haven't got this offense to the point that both guys want that. They're both not real comfortable with each other, play calling-wise, making play-wise. Justin Fields said that earlier in the year. You had to ask him, what's bogging him down? He flat-out said coaching. Right? He said, coaching, I, I just feel like we should do less. It should be a little more simple. So uh, who do you blame? Uh, the hard thing is, at this point in their careers, was the Cleveland Browns game was not executing that drive or making a play at some point to end the game after the way the defense played. Was that the breaking point? I think that's the question everybody's asking. Sounds like we're going to find out this week because if there was ever a golden opportunity for the offense to rev up and fire back, it's against this Cardinals team, which has, I believe, the second worst scoring defense in the entire league. They haven't been shy about giving up points. That's never been an issue. So how much are you looking at this game or – and how much should the Bears be looking at this game? Because here, here's my thing. After the Cleveland game, you're like, okay, they can win these other three games, and it's not going to mean as much because playoffs are probably not happening. I mean, they got like a 3% chance to make the playoffs even if they win out. So I, I'm asking you, what? Are, we, every week we do this, Olin. We look at the game <laughs> and we say, well, Justin Fields looked okay, or Justin Fields didn't, or Luke Getzey's play calling was good, or it was trash. I, at what point, and I guess the end of the season, we'll know in three weeks, do you think Ryan Poles or Kevin Warren or whoever's making these decisions has already made some type of decision on, if it's not Luke Getze specifically, this entire coaching staff? I think we can all agree that they're leaning one way or the other by right now, right? They're leaning one way or the other. And, and when you watch this game, I at least got to see my guys do. Everyone knows what the Cardinals defense is coming in second worst in the league. They give a lot of yards. They give a lot of passing yards. I think they're decimated in the secondary coming in. You'd like to see Mooney get going. I don't know if Cole Komet is going to be out there on the field. I would imagine they're going to have a hard time slowing down DJ Moore and Justin Fields. Defenses like this struggle. If the Bears can get any semblance of a run game going, get their offensive line rolling downhill, the Cardinals will be on their heels all day. But to your question, what, that, that, what does that do for the future of Justin Fields and Luke Getzey? I don't know. I can't answer that question. I, I can't imagine much. Right, I can't imagine much if they come out here put on a show. I thought you go against the number one defense in the Cleveland Browns, even though they had injuries. I thought that was a golden opportunity for them there. The only other thing I think you could do maybe this year is go up there in Green Bay and put a lot of points on them and look really good and really effective against Joe Barry's unit up there in the last week of the season. But as far as the Cardinals goes, as far as this game, uh, you, know, you, you have to all every week we talked about earlier in this segment. We got We got to put who we are on film. We got to put our resume on film every week. Justin Fields, if they don't want you, I'm sure damn somebody else does. He's got elite legs, got an elite arm. Can someone? Does someone out there? Uh, uh, you know, there's another coach. We all know coaches have the biggest egos. Do they, they think they can get him going? Put him in the right situation to make plays. You certainly had a, a teammate who had a lot of those physical traits that were always really. Coaches were encouraged by what Jay Cutler could bring to the table, and then you kind of cycle through some coordinators and some head coaches throughout your career, and. You know, maybe there's a ceiling 
uh, that, that will end up getting reached there. Uh, this segment with Olin Cruz is brought to you by the Illinois Department of Transportation. Road safety is not a game. Learn more at it's not a game, Illinois.com. Uh, Olin, uh, a few weeks back, uh, maybe over a month ago at this point, when Nate Davis was prepared to return to the lineup, you, know, you felt really strongly back then about keeping Tevin Jenkins and Darnell Wright together on the right side of the formation. And when that decision was being prepared to be made, I felt like, man, it, it makes so much sense to put Nate Davis back at the spot he's excelled at in his NFL career. We've seen Tevin Jenkins play well on the left side. But then, frankly, since then, the run game just isn't the same run game that it was when, when Jenkins and Wright were next to each other. So what, what were your concerns about moving Jenkins at that time? And, and do you see that as a part of the reason why the run game hasn't been the same? I do. I, I think my concern was it's been a long time around here, uh, Big Ant, and, and for the Chicago Bears, that we've had an elite side of the line. By that, mm-hmm. I mean an elite run-blocking group together. And I thought Tevin Jenkins, Darnell Wright, and Mercedes Lewis together were an elite side of an offensive line that you would run downhill behind in critical moments. And we've seen since then, like you're talking about, on short yardage situations, them struggle a little bit, right? Because where do you go? You got to have sometimes, like you guys know, you got to have times, man, when the whole stadium, the guy up in section 400 knows where you're running the ball <laughs> and people still can't stop you, right? Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback sneak. A play like that. A play where, like, look, guys, we're running uh, this gap play downhill behind Tevin Jenkins, Darnell Wright, and Mercedes Lewis, and there's nothing you can do about it. And that's what I was worried about. Uh, I agreed with you about Tevin. You can put him somewhere he can play well, right? And, and he can do a good job, and he always does that. All the questions about him has just been his health. Mm-hmm. And, and Nate Davis, uh, a very good football player when he's playing well. Uh, you know, he's, had, he's been in and out of the lineup this year. It's been kind of an up-and-down season for him. I think somebody has consistency is just not playing a whole lot of football. But that was my worry, uh, Big Ad, when they moved Tevin Jenkins out of that right guard spot. I really liked that right side of the offense side. I really liked that double team. I really liked the way they were all working well together over there. And like you know, Chicago Bears offense over the years, right? I was there 13 years. We've been watching, I've been watching them ever since as an analyst. Not a lot of elite players and or an elite side of an offensive line or elite wide receiver unit, elite tight end unit, elite. We find something elite. If it looks elite on film, in my opinion, leave it alone. Mm. Yeah, that's that, that's a good point. Mm. Uh, one thing they will be leaving alone, I think, at this point is Montez Sweat. Right? Like he just let him do what he does. <laughs> right. they, they traded for him. They gave him all the money. And now he's like, that was a good investment. I want to mm-hmm. know, just Olin, through your nuanced view, um, who else is really standing out to you since the Montez sweat trade as far as who else has been affected, you think, in the most positive manner, whether it's in the back of the defense or up front alongside him? Because it, th- this defense has been different. They have been difference makers in the fact that they've had so many turnovers created in the last four or five weeks. Well, there, there was a guy now. He was standing out before Montez showed up. Man. And I wonder if Big Ant would agree with me. But Andrew Billy. Yeah, I thought you were going to say This guy that. plays football. Man. I mean, <laughs> he's been getting after guys. And I tell you, I tell people this, Montez Sweat looks like that because the Bears almost had everything else. They just needed a pass rusher, right? Billings has been dominating that middle of the offensive line. T.J. Edwards now doing really good things. Love watching him play. Savvy, tough, hits people, comes downhill. Uh, uh, You know, I think, again, I mentioned Matt Bowen on his Instagram page, put him blitzing and running over Kareem Hunt. I mean, you love those kind of football plays. But 
let me keep the let me keep the spotlight on the big man in the middle, <laughs> uh, Andrew Billings, man. He is. Uh, I'm a center, uh, big Ed, You know that he's a handful, man. I watched him get that heavy tilt. He does that return stunt. I know I'm getting into like uh, things now where I talk about certain schematic things. The the, the listeners think, what the hell is Olin talking about? But I uh, love watching Andrew Billings play. I remember from the first, I think it was the first play of the year. I got to go back and look, but I think he threw the Green Bay Packers center on his back. And I was, I was excited from then. Uh, we've been, I've been talking about him ever since, how he's anchoring the middle of that line. So I actually think uh, Montez Sweat is benefiting also from the way Andrew Billings, uh, Justin Jones is getting going, going a little bit. I'll let Big Ant break down Javon Dexter's technique against the run. Uh, just, just really, that defensive unit's been fun to watch. I mean, gosh, guys, 14 takeaways in four games. Give me a break, right? Uh, out of their 23, now there's six in the league in takeaways. Uh, 14, and they're two and two. That's almost impossible. Uh, you make 14 me... takeaways and be two and two. Only you're making me sad because you, when you say it <laughs> like know, that, man. and the, the wins and losses don't match up to what that should be, I just I, I look at Lucas like. I don't hate anyone, Olin. I, yeah, I, you know, I, I want everyone to do well at their job. You know, I don't want to see anyone lose their job, but no. man, Luke Getz, he got to go. <laughs> Luke Getz, he got to go. No, yeah. I mean, it, it, to, your, to your point with Justin Fields and, and this offense and, and the thing, it just has not looked the way you want it to look at this point in the season, right? And just uh, going into that game, even though I didn't like that it was tied after the way the defense played, right? You didn't like that part about it because the defense was lights out for so long. Uh, of course, they had their their breakdowns again at the end of the game, which which they have to go over and look at. Uh, you know, the Lions game, the Lions game last year when it was 31-30, the Denver game this year, the Lions, you know, obviously the defense did enough to win that game. But as far as when you get to a point, we all wanted what, guys, last week? We all wanted to see Justin Fields in a critical situation with the ball in his hands. Mm. That's what we wanted to see. That's what I wanted to see. If I'm Ryan Pose, that's what I wanted. You guys played that clip of me. You can tell I'm still frustrated about that, watching that, those play calls on that drive. And if you ask me, if anything, at the end of the year, if they bring Coach Getze in the office, and like you said, you don't want to talk about another man losing their job, and we all know the kind of work they put in at Hallis Hall. But if anything seals the deal, it'd be those three plays. Now the and it, you know I've been as as critical of Luke Getze as anyone. What I what I did there was a moment in the game, the fourth and one, where he did get Justin Fields on the move. Yes, Darnell Mooney. And there's an option to maybe keep the eyes down the field where you got DJ Moore out in space, and that to me is at least a a run pass option sort of moment where he got Justin Fields on the move on a fourth and one. It was an exceptional play by Cameron Mitchell, the mm -hmm. defender, Bolingbrook High School, one of their finest. Rated Pride is my, my high school I went to here in Chicago area. But he made a great play <laughs> getting inside of Darnell Mooney and just narrowly stopping Justin Fields on fourth and one. That, to me, was at least an example. There have been so many examples where, like, all right, why in this scenario didn't you get this athletic guy on the move? He did there. Justin Fields didn't make that play. And so that, to me, that's more, you know, and it can be split up so many ways. That one is more on Justin than on Luke. Is it more on Justin or is it more on Darnell Mooney, though? Because where, from where I was looking, I was like, if you just get a little bit more of him, he's not getting shoestringed coming around that there's, corner. There's no doubt about that. But I also, I don't want to sit here and say that every time something isn't perfect, that, that mm -hmm. Justin is blameless in it either. Like, because I, I would have liked for Darnell Mooney to get a better piece of him, sure. But that's a play I expect Justin. Justin has the ability to, to make, make that, play. that play or to even have his that's eyes fair. down the field, maybe feed it to DJ. And neither thing happened on that fourth and one at a critical moment 
in the game. So, you know, just in, in fairness and balance, I want to make yeah. sure I've been yeah. critical of Getsy, but I want to point out I didn't mind that play call. I no, I love Justin the call. I love that it. call. I was like, hey, finally. That's right. me watching a, a layperson, if you will, Olin. <laughs> I was like, finally, <laughs> something that looks like it makes sense. Olin, well, let, let, me, let, me, yeah. let me jump in on that because, okay, so, so I'm with you, Big Ant, and I'm with you more. I love the play call. I love it, man. And then here's my problem with it. And you guys, everyone talks about Mooney, and it's great. I don't – Justin's got to make that play. And then here's another part about it. I've, I've seen a lot of offense coach. I've been a lot part of a lot of offenses. I've never seen that offensive coach coach the quarterback to boot at four to five yards. Mm-hmm. Right? You get away from the other side of the end where you're booting from, mm-hmm. and you get six to eight yards. Mm-hmm. He looks shallow to me, big guy. He looks yeah. like he came out quick. Justin did. And if Justin Fields takes a normal boot on that play, I think he's around the edge easy. Right? And we heard Getsy say he alluded to. He said this week it was execution on that play. Right? That's what he said. It was execution on that play, and I think that's what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Right? And you, like, you know, everyone talks about this thing mental toughness at the end of games make the play you know when you mental toughness you know when you make the play two weeks before when you're practicing that play correctly in practice you have to do it right you have to have the details down because if you don't during the game they'll come around i could i could be completely wrong on this and they could have coached four yards and come out quick it'd be the first time i saw a boot coach like that to be honest (laughs) with you Hmm. And you're not allowing yourself the opportunity to get leverage on that defender. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the defender you know made that. a really nice play. But, yes, mm-hmm. and that, that's where, you know, a guy like Tom Brady, the, the prime example of a guy who's just at his best late in games. But Tom Brady, mm-hmm. I, I never saw him as a guy who necessarily got better late in games, but he certainly continued mm-hmm. to be excellent late in games. In the and the execution be, and doing exactly yeah, what needed and, to be done in that, that moment. That be hard to do when you know the game is on the line and some players – do that at a higher level because we're talking we're talking QB Olin and a point mm-hmm. I made earlier in the week I'm curious for your thoughts on because if you know the, the momentum seems to be you know moving where, where the Bears would decide to at least bring another quarterback in if not move on from Justin Fields but regardless of that my, my concern with the franchise and you were obviously you, you did it offensively here for a long time one of the great players on that side of the ball in Bears history the development of the quarterback position is is where I, I still I wonder whether or not the Bears are, are putting something in place to to make sure that they're developing offensive skill players in general, but especially quarterback, because whether it is Justin Fields or Mitchell Trubisky or you know Jay Cutler or other first round picks, we just haven't seen the Chicago Bears have infrastructure in place where the results of quarterbacks once they get here really get better and consistently turn in to excellence at that position. A lot of other franchises around the league. They cycle through QBs and find a way to keep winning. What, what would you mm-hmm. say in putting into words? What, what is the separation there between where the Bears haven't been able to – maybe you, you get a blip a season or two here or there, but some teams just continue to win at a high level regardless of QB, and the Bears don't. Yeah, you know, Rex Roseman, K. McNown, right, uh, 1999, and just on and on and on about developing quarterbacks yeah. and what it takes. And the Bears should study their history, right? Go back and look at how you build teams – Go back and look at the infrastructure you put around a quarterback, what you saw on film, what you did from when he got it. Because let's be honest, guys, playing quarterback in Chicago is hard. And I always tell people this story. I was here for 13 years. You walk on a football field. There's Brad Biggs. There's Dan Pompey. There's uh, Moon Mullen. There's all these Hall of Famers. There's maybe uh, we're leading the league in media at camp, right? We got 30 or 40 <laughs> people there. The fans are all there. It's a great place to play because of the interest. 
because of how much people talk about you turn ESPN on, they're going to be talking about the Chicago quarterback. Why? Because if you tweet about him, uh, you'll get retweets and likes and responses, and people are all people are always wondering about the Chicago quarterback. I went to New Orleans, guys. I walked on the field at eight o'clock in the morning because it was a hundred degrees, and they were selling margaritas on the fence. It was a totally new world, and there was one media guy there, and I didn't know who it was. Right, I had no idea. So, the, so the the spotlight on the Chicago Bears quarterback, and understanding that, and having the infrastructure around him, not only to develop him as a quarterback but to get him ready for the media, the questions that are going to be asked, uh, put him in a position to succeed and get him moving forward because they've tried to put quarterback coaches around him, right? Nagy, Heffer, mm-hmm. right? They got all these guys here, uh, uh, DiFilippo, right? That, that was, to me, Big Ant, a good plan, right? They had all these quarterback coaches for Mitch Trubisky, and even that failed. you got to take a good look at why, why it's been so hard here to succeed as a quarterback, uh, I like to tell people, people always ask about the offensive line, right? They always ask about the offense. I say, look at the draft picks. Look at who was successful and who wasn't and how long it's been since you actually drafted an offensive lineman in the first round who succeeded. I think you got to go back to Jimbo Covert, Covert and Keith Van Horn. And guess what they did that time? They won the Super Bowl, right? So, so you, you go back. Now you finally got a high draft pick. Darnell Wright looks like he could be the guy. Looks like he could develop into a good football player. So if you're the Chicago Bears, do me a favor. If I have the time, all my free time, to go back and study your history and look at the way you built the team, right? Okay, oh, Olin, man, look at that defense. That defense is doing great. You're damn right they are. They gave $100 million <laughs> for a defensive end and $70 million for a middle linebacker, and they got three second-round picks in the secondary. And they, and they hit on Andrew Billings. Of course they're doing good. Give me a $100 million left tackle. Uh, give me a, a $70 million wide receiver opposite DJ Moore and, and give me a TJ Edwards playing running back and let's see what we're doing on offense. Yeah, you That's might fair. have a chance. That's you might fair. have a chance if you do that. Before I let you run, also, so, you know, it's a holiday season here. Is there anything, mm-hmm. in any splurge in, in your years of buying gifts around this time of the season that stands out mm-hmm. that, you know what, you, the wife, anytime you guys are hanging out, you kind of puff your chest like, hey, remember that time I set you <laughs> off with this or that? <laughs> we have six kids, so uh, we flirt. <laughs> we're saving every penny we can save for those six kids. <laughs> I definitely feel you. I respect man. it. I respect <laughs> it. Right. Uh, all right. Oh, well, we'll be hearing you on, on Sunday morning and Sunday post game as well, man. Cannot wait to listen. I always do great stuff, great content that you provide, man. Happy holidays to you. Appreciate it, guys, man. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.